0: Where are the aliens part two on the anti-woke podcast? Well, there's another idea that kind of makes stuff a little more complicated. And I can't think of the name. It's, some, it's, some, it's the name of a physicist plus the word probes. It's like Einstein probes, but it's not Einstein. It's some other guy. So I'll just call him Giga the gigaprobes here for now. Because I got no internet connection to look it up. But so there's this idea of gigaprobes. And what it is is like whenever you know a civilization gets good enough at basically like AI and robots to make a robot that can make another robot, right? Like if you can make a robot who can make another robot, then pretty soon you got an unlimited number of robots. And so if you can create a robot that's like, you know, it's kind of like a robot, it's like a, you know, it'd be like a rocket combined with a factory of robot make, a robot making factory, etc. Then you can send these probes out and, you know, basically, you know, maybe for the, you know, let's say the the closest 20 stars. So you send out 20 of these probes and it's going to take them a long time to get there. You know, like, a, a, if you know, if they can go a tenth the speed of light, which is, I think that's possible, but way beyond what we can do today. Then, you know, it's going to take them 40 years to the nearest star and, you know, 100 years to the ones after that. But, you know, in the scheme of, uh, I don't think I mentioned, the universe is like uh, 13.7 billion years old. So in the scheme of billions and billions of years, 100 years ain't nothing. Actually, to make the math easier, let's say we send out 10 probes to start with. So they go to the 10 nearest stars. They land on, you know, some planets that probably don't have no life on them. And then each one of those probes builds 10 more probes and they send those out to the next group of closest stars. So, you know, in 100 years, now you got 10 times as many probes going out there. And it's an exponential uh, math thing bobber. So you go, you know, you got 10 probes, 100 probes, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, million, 10 million, etc. I mean, pretty soon you're getting up to a billion probes. Well, and then you got 10 billion and 100 billion, and now you've sent a probe to every star in the entire galaxy. And you know, this is not going to be fast. You know, it probably takes a million, let's just say it takes a million years. Like it ain't, you know, it probably take about a million years, something like that. Well, a million years, I mean, that's crazy. That's longer than, you know, humans have been around. But again, compared to the age of the universe and the age of the galaxy and whatnot, a million years ain't nothing. That's Almost. It's a little longer than a snap of the fingers, but it's not that long. I remember They're called von Neumann probes. So basically, there's no reason to think that humans could not, you know, invent von Neumann. You know, in the next thousand years, I'm sure humans, with the way technology is going, going, probably in the next hundred, but let's just say in the next thousand years, humans could send out ten von Neumann probes. And you don't have to do anything. You know, humanity could blow up. You could blow up the whole earth or whatever but those von Neumann probes would still be going out there and in a million years they would have gone to every single star in the entire Milky Way and I guess they'd be sending back messages telling us that they found like a planet that's nothing but smoking hot girls with blue skin. I mean that's what I'm hoping for. Like there's no men on the planet at all and yet the women still like men. They're tired of the muff diving. But okay, so the idea of the von Neumann probes is that all you need is so- somewhere in the Milky Way, some other alien civilization that uh, got smart, got technology, like a million years before we did. And so since there's billions of years, it seems likely that you know we're not the first one to, to uh, think of any of these ideas You know, the aliens, they're like, oh, one plus one equals two, just like us. Well, so anyways, the Von Neumann probe thing is like, it means you can go everywhere. You can send, you can send robots out to the entire galaxy and pretty easily, you know, in comparison to, (laughs) in comparison to the age of the galaxy and the blah, 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 you can actually send out like, you know, spaceships to every single star, not a big deal. Now, you know, if they send a spaceship to our solar system, I mean, even right now, right, the spaceship might just, like, look at us and say, oh, we got some people who are, uh, whatever, they invented nukes, and they're just now thinking about inventing AI, and then just send a signal back, you know, so, I mean, there could be a Von Neumann probe looking at us right now. Like, to go back to the zoo hypothesis, it's like the prime directive from Star Trek, if you ever watch that show, but basically, the idea there is that when you find a primitive society, you don't just, like, jump in and you know, for instance, conquer it, or even, you know, help them. Like, you know, here's what you would not want to do when you find a tribe in the Amazon that's never had contact with white man. Hey, tribe, nice to meet you. Would you like a whole bunch of AK-47s? Oh, and another possible solution to the Fermi Paradox that I forgot to mention is what if the aliens are evil, you know, like all the movies. I think this is maybe called Dark Forest or Black Forest Hypothesis or something. But basically, there could be some super-advanced alien civilization, you know, that just conquers huge areas of the galaxy or between galaxies, who knows what. And the thing that's important to them is that no other intelligences come up and get super-powerful. And make life hard for them. So therefore, they just squash any uh, upcoming intelligent races like a bug. Like right now, Earth, you know, sending out its radar waves and its, uh, you know, I Love Lucy episodes. We might be like, hey, hey, over here, over here, come squash us like a bug. And maybe with enough thought on the matter, you know, all all the alien civilizations realize, you know what? It's better to keep quiet better to not take a chance and so we're surrounded by a bunch of civilizations that don't send out any radio waves and I guess too bad for them we're about to bring in the uh, galactic overlords all right I want to throw in the related concept of panspermia yes spermia you heard me right so panspermia is the idea that life came from another planet or whatever life came from somewhere else and then landed on earth and that's how our life started i mean they could have called it panegia doesn't sound as good i guess but anyways i mean there's a million of these facts about what is it called abiogenesis that's how life got started abiogenesis but i bring up panspermia because i just learned apparently back in the i don't know the 60s i guess When we were going to the moon, or before we went to the moon, we sent some sort of probe. Before humans, we sent a probe. And then when the humans went, they picked up that probe and brought it back. And on that probe was some streptococcus blah 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 virus. Like basically strep throat. So strep throat was put on a probe, it landed on the moon, we brought it back and could see that strep throat was still on it. So, you know, if you were to combine that idea with the von Neumann probes, sending out whatever, you know, whatever kind of primitive life is the most likely thing to succeed, uh, whatever, you could spread life throughout the galaxy like, holy cow. And so one of the podcasts I was listening to remind me about this stuff was, I forget what it's called. I think it's called As Above, So Below. And apparently there's two podcasts called that. One of them like a couple of black people who do yoga. Anyways, it's the other one. And it was interesting, you know, they're talking about the Fermi Paradox, but it seems like, you know, one of the things they talk about a lot is conspiracy theories. And it seemed like one of the guys, basically he believed the conspiracy theories. The other guy, maybe not so much. He's like, hey, I'm not, he's like, I don't want to go into that. Or the other guy's like, oh, there's not lizard people, but he, he's a flat earther, I guess, or whatever. He likes the flat earth concept. I do not look down on people who are into conspiracy theories, because I think it's a fundamental part of the human brain to believe in what we now call conspiracy theories. Makes me think of this guy that I used to work with, and uh, whatever, he he liked conspiracy theories, basically. And then this other guy we were working with was telling him about this... I forget the name of this conspiracy, you could look it up, but there's this idea that with every social security number, the government has like a bank account or something in your name in your number um that has I, I forget what like 5 or 10 million dollars so somehow like every US citizen with a social security number whatever there's 5 or 10 million dollars just sitting there waiting for you if you if you do something something I don't you know obviously no one's ever gotten that money but anyways my one buddy smart guy loved that loved that loved that coworker at the time or whatever, he he was a great guy that I really liked, and he heard the other guy talking about this, you got millions of dollars based on your SSN, and he's like, I mean, he just believed it, he just believed it right there, right then and there, he believed it, and that night, I went and looked it up, and it's, you know, some guy who wrote a book who's promoting this idea, and it's, it ain't true, and I told him, and he was like, oh, you know, he was sad, it wasn't like he kept believing it, but he was sad, he had believed it, and then All of a sudden, he didn't believe it, and he was sad. And so this podcast I was listening to, it's like, the guy believes in, I mean, well, here's the thing, like, he believes in flat earth, but then he also believes in, like, um, a hollow earth, and there's, like, civilizations waging a battle, you know, under the ground, and I can't remember... I can't remember all the ones. I mean, just, you know, just like in a five minute period, you brought up like seven things that I'd never heard of other than that. Well, actually, even his, his flat earth, it was much more complicated than I thought flat earth was. Apparently he calls it puddle earth. The real flat earth is puddle earth. And that means that you have, you know, whatever the oceans and the continents, and then that's surrounded by a ring of ice. And then outside that, is more like nice water and continents, and then another ring of ice. And apparently it apparently just goes out and out and out. But so then the other guy in the podcast he brings up uh, there was a time that Elon Musk, you know, the guy who creates rocket ships, um, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and Joe Rogan asked him if he believed in aliens. And Elon said, I haven't seen any evidence of aliens. Which I think is the correct answer. He didn't say he doesn't believe that aliens exist somewhere. He just hasn't seen any evidence of it. I think maybe he said, like, you know, show me some some place where they excavate an ancient civilization and they come up with a, you know, a one-inch long piece of magnesium. You know, which is basically something you could buy on eBay for five bucks right now, but something they couldn't do back then. So that would give you some proof of ancient technology intermixing with humans, etc. And then the conspiracy theory guy, he just he jumps in, he's like, what you don't know about the I forget what it was called, the Caruthian something or other, the Caruthian machine, which was supposedly a machine that had gears that allowed sailors to navigate the oceans, you know, thousands of years before compasses or whatever it is that they use on boats were invented. And his, you know, his co-host is like, "Hey, man, I'm not saying that there aren't <laughs> ancient, you know, machines and metals or whatever. I'm just repeating what Elon Musk said, basically, just to calm down the the situation." Okay, but what's my point? Like, basically, there's this guy, you know, he believes in the flat Earth, but you know, but does he really believe in it? Because, like, you know, I'm sure if whatever he believes in the flat Earth, but if you know, if if all of a sudden we dug into the ground and found that, in fact, the Earth is round, but it's hollow. Like, he was ready to switch You know, he was ready. He was believing in both of them at once, right? Like, the Earth is flat. And then also, he was also, you know, halfway, halfway believing all these things, that the Earth is round but hollow. And I guess with the flat Earth stuff, it's like, whatever. There's no aliens out there because the sky is not real. But then if the Earth is hollow, sure, the aliens are here and they're controlling the government etc. It was just interesting. I think, I mean, I think the guy was really having a lot of fun with it. He really had some fun stuff. I'm sure he's going on the internet reading about some really fun stuff. And he didn't really seem to care. He wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, he's not like, I'm, a, I'm gonna get a PhD in flat earth physics and go debunk the hollow earth, hollow earth jackasses. He was basically like, come one, come all. I'll believe every bit of it. And he didn't care if they contradict each other. So that was just interesting. All right, let's talk a little more about abiogenesis and Elon Musk. So they've tried to do abiogenesis in the lab. Like, there's scientists, I'm sure, out there right now trying to create life in the lab. And I think, like, you know, the way they try and do it, first off, no one has succeeded in creating life. And in fact, you can look at the DNA of like all the living things on the planet and you can see, you can tell by DNA that it all goes back to one single initial organism. So that kind of, I mean, that makes things a little funky. It's like, yes, life started very early on Earth, but it started one time and there was never, ever a a second time that it started because that second time, you know, might have different DNA or something. Or at least the first time it started, those animals killed all the second ones, or whatever. But to try and create life and, you know, start heading towards some DNA. DNA is like an incredibly compl- complicated molecule. But I think what you want are amino acids. So I don't even know what an amino acid is. But somehow, amino acids are the building blocks of DNA and maybe life in general. And amino acids, I think, they can appear, you know, like in a... Whatever, they can appear in a puddle. I think, you know, life comes from uh, comes from the water initially. So anyways, the idea for abiogenesis is that there's some amino acids in some water and then I think what they think happens is lightning hits it. So electricity or some other, you know, however electricity gets there. So lightning hits some amino acids in some water and I haven't heard of anything... I haven't heard anything new on this in 10 years or whatever, but I think, you know, in labs across the world, occasionally, they are uh, running electricity through some water with some amino acids, and they never, ever get anything living. So we'll just have to wait, basically. Don't hold your breath, but, uh, you know, maybe someday they'll, uh, they'll come up with something. Otherwise, we don't know how life started, like, at all. And then Elon Musk, he is trying to create rockets so that humans can create a city on Mars. Like what he will kind of, you know, what he says basically is he's like, I want to make humans a multi-planetary species so that consciousness can be protected from some sort of disaster. Like if, you know, one of those great filters that I mentioned, I don't know, Let's just nuclear war for instance. If you got a, you know, it has to be self-sustaining. So if you got a self-sustaining civilization on Mars, and then you know you have a giant nuclear war on Earth, well, it doesn't matter. You know the consciousness is not extinguished. Humans are not dead. And you might say, well, that's silly. You know, what? Why are you so worried? Why are you so worried about humans or whatever? And uh, it kind of goes to the the Fermi paradox, where it's like. There doesn't seem to be any, there's no evidence of aliens out there at all. So maybe what's important is that you get yourself on two planets right off the bat because something you don't know about is about to destroy one of the civilizations. And I should mention, Elon Musk, so he does Tesla and SpaceX. He's got two companies, a lot of people hate him, you know, they, they confuse the, uh, the Jeff Bezos penis-shaped rocket And say, oh, these penis-shaped rockets are so stupid with what Elon Musk is doing. But Elon Musk has a few things going. He's got uh, his Tesla car company, which does, like, solar electricity and, you know, stops cars from using gas. And so he's almost single-handedly... I mean, basically, when I say single-handedly, first off, he's got a giant company. And second off, he he may fail. But if he succeeds, he is single-handedly... Solving climate change with solar panels and electric cars. He's single-handedly protecting humans from killing themselves by getting them to be on two planets in case something bad happens. And then he has this thing called Starlink, which goes along with SpaceX. It's like a subdivision of SpaceX, where they're putting thousands, possibly tens of thousands of satellites into low-Earth orbit, that provide internet to people on the ground. And so we don't know exactly, but, you know, maybe the problem, I mean, they got problems, but maybe the, me- the mega problem that, like, you know, Africa and other shithole country places, continent shithole continents have, is they don't have the internet, and that's why they're poor. And so I think that definitely is part of the problem. And so he may be si- also single-handedly solving the problem of, Poor people around the world. Twitter handle at Religion of Woke, and thanks for listening.